Hey guys, welcome to the number 31 ever episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of the Cool Sports Network. It's been a long time since you know, I kind of sat down with you guys and just talked some sports. You know, I had my uh, talk with PJ Poulin, uh, right about what he could do against Max Scherzer, and Andrew J. Young. It's been a while since us two had a connection, right, talking to each other about sports. So now that's back, just me and the podcast, no one else. Just us. And in today's episode, with fantasy football drafts just around the corner, some drafts are already going on now and even before this, but I do did want to get this out before all the drafts really start to happen. It's fantasy football tips for this season so that you can nail your draft. It's going to be some tips about what I like to do in the drafts in general. It's going to be about some breakout players. What I'm going to do in my own Keeper Fantasy League that I have going on with my dad, I'm telling you guys about the Chase of Sports News Fantasy Football League. Everything is going to be broken down in today's episode. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, and view. I know every. I think a lot of people are going to like this episode, but especially those sports nerds out there. You guys are going to love this one. So... Uh, for those of you that are familiar with fantasy, you may know these strategies. But for some that aren't, I'm just going to uh, go through them and why I think they're good strategies. I say that it's always important to get as many draft picks as possible. Add up on as many draft picks, especially in a keeper fantasy league. Because in a keeper league, right, like sometimes, like in a one-year league, sometimes taking a veteran is okay. And I'll break down why I'm not a fan of that in a keeper league. But in the keeper league, you can add up with so many picks as, as possible where, you know, because in, in my keeper league, you have to keep three players. So if you have a young player that breaks out, like last year, he wasn't exactly young and he wasn't exactly breakout. But in the keeper fantasy league, give or take the top 36 players are off the board, right, in the 12-team league. Um, I had the number one overall pick, and I traded down to 11, 14, and a fourth-round pick. And with that 11th overall pick, I got Cooper Cup. Just like that, yes, I passed up on the number one overall pick, which ended up being Najee Harris. But now I have Cooper Cup, who I could also use in an additional trade if I wanted to. Now, he is a talented player. We will break down why Cooper Cup could be a valuable trade asset. But I think if you just think about it, it's really good to have as many draft picks as possible because in a keeper league, especially in a keeper league, because anybody can break out at any point, but also in just a regular league because, you know, they're bye weeks, players get hurt. It's always good to have as many picks as possible. And, you know, it kind of, you know, adding on to that point, I know I had the number one overall pick and the reason I, in the, my keeper fantasy league and the reason how I had the number one overall pick was because me and my dad, we were the best team to not make the playoffs. So the best team to not make the playoffs is the number one overall pick. The worst team to not make the playoffs, the worst team in the league gets the pick right before. I'm pretty sure six teams make the playoffs. So they get, I'm pretty sure the fifth pick, something around their six pick, something around that nature, right? So we had the number one overall pick. And in my opinion, if you're pick one or two and an eight person or more, team league i'd say it's eight to twelve trade or trade maybe from like four to eight around that range if it's in a 12 team league because then you're getting picks in the middle and in my opinion and this is especially for just a, a not a non-keeper fantasy league where like you know it resets the board and you could draft whoever you want uh, whoever you want like in my opinion this year yes there's a consensus number one fantasy player and that seems to be jonathan taylor but i think there are a lot of good fantasy players this year like personally i'm very high on justin jefferson i think he's gonna have an 1800 yard i think he's almost gonna have 1900 yards receiving and i'm not saying that as recent as um you know 
recency bias, if you want to say that, because of what we saw with Cooper Cup. I really do think he's going to break out. If I had the number five overall pick, he should be available on the board. My point is there's a lot of players that I think could break out this year that you don't need Jonathan Taylor at number one. You could trade down to number four, get more assets, and have a deeper team. Right? I think that's honestly the number one thing. So, and then also, if you're doing, talking about trades, right, kind of moving away from that draft aspect, if you're thinking about trades, it's, if you have, no, because again, my league, there's three keepers. If you have more than three keeper quality players, trade them to get assets, right? Like, I have a lot of keeper quality players because I have Cooper Cup, I have Joe Mixon, I have Alvin Kamara, right? Those are three already there. I got Lamar Jackson. I picked up J.K. Dobbins at the end of the year, who right now is looking like a really valuable keeper asset. I have Tyler Lockett. I have D.J. Moore. That's like seven guys, really good guys right there. Even Jalen Hurts, he's on some fantasy boards. Eight keeper quality players, right? And of course, I only have to keep three. Of course, I'm not going to trade all five of the other players. I don't have time to do that. I don't think anyone has time to do that <laughs> unless they're deep into fantasy and putting like thousands and thousands of dollars on the line. But if you could trade some of those keeper quality players and get additional draft picks, because not every team is going to have as deep of a roster as you. Not every team is going to have um, that many keeper quality players. So if you trade one of uh, a keeper quality player to one of those teams who needs it, that would actually be a keeper on their roster. They'll be like, sure, we'll give you draft picks. Great. So now all of a sudden, you're off a player that you don't need. You're basically trading something you don't need and getting additional draft picks for it. And I'm going to describe how I'm going to use that strategy later on um, in the draft. That's going to be at the very end. You guys are going to have to wait for that. But I think that's really important in the Keeper Fantasy League to trade all of your good players before the Keeper deadline, the Keeper quality players, to that for, to worse teams that don't have as good players and need Keeper quality guys and steal draft picks from them. That's the way you win the draft. And also... Don't value kicker, very good kickers, and very good defenses um, in a fantasy league. Now, I don't do fantasy league. Most people don't do a fantasy league with defensive players. I know some people do a fantasy league with that. I can't really give you advice on that because I'm not someone who does that kind of league. I'm someone who, you know, quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, defense, kicker. That's how my lineup works, right? And so... In my opinion, don't value a really good defense and a really good kicker. I know having Justin Tucker and the Rams defense seems like a lot of fun. But here's the thing, right? I'm just going to go to a random week in the schedule. Let's go to week four, right? I'm not saying the Ravens aren't going to score a lot lot of points against the Bills that week. But are you really going to tell me that it's right to have Justin Tucker against the Bills defense that week? Or instead... I could go to a team that's playing a weaker team. Or I could say, hmm, let me pick up the Chargers kicker. They're playing the Texans defense this week. They're going to get a lot of points on the board. Or I could say, hmm, let me pick the Eagles kicker because they're going to get a lot of points on the Jaguars this upcoming week. Right? Or I could say, hmm, let me pick the Cardinals kicker because they're going to get a lot of points on the Panthers this upcoming week. Right? But then also, you have a team like the Rams defense. Oh, Rams defense is playing the 49ers. That's not an easy offense to play. That's not an easy offense to play, especially Trey Lance, boomer bust ability. He could go off for 30 points at any time. That's a very tough matchup for them, right? 
Instead, I can pick up the Eagles' defense going against the Jaguars. I can pick up the Chargers' defense going against the Texans. You find the matchups. You cut the defense and the kicker every week, and you find what's the right matchup, in my opinion. That's how you play it. That's how you dominate week to week in in these leagues is because you don't stick with the kicker. You don't stick with the defense. You draft players, and this is getting to my next point. Instead of that, you draft players that have massive potential to break out. and then. Some some leagues, I don't take a defense or a kicker at all. And you're like, Chase, how does that make sense? You need those per week. No, I completely understand what you're saying. But what I do is I draft so many players, and then I look and I say, wait a minute, who has the best chance to break out? And eventually i got to cut two players. So I look at the positions. I look at the buys. I look at their ability to break out, right? And then eventually I find two players that I want to cut. Now, sometimes I take a kicker and a defense later in the draft. But sometimes I'm not, I'm personally, um, I would personally not be against just drafting all guys that could break out players and position players. I forget about the kicker. I'm sorry, kicker is a position player, but they're not as big of a player in, in fantasy, right? So not really draft a kicker, not really draft a defense, and then finally find that best matchup for week one. Ravens, that's a good week to have Justin Tucker. Now, Justin Tucker will be off the board. They're playing, the Ravens are playing the Jets week one. My point is, find the matchup. If you look at the schedules and you find the matchup every week, that's how you're going to win week to week, and that's how you're going to get a good seed and play a weaker team come postseason time to really make a deep run, right? That's tips in every draft. Now, you're probably thinking, Chase, you can say all this, but can you actually do it? And again, I think another thing real quick before I get into the players that can actually break out is the thing about adding up draft picks is you need to have confidence in your drafting ability. If you're someone that says, you know what, I need to stay safe and I need to have the number one overall pick to select Jonathan Taylor. If you have it, great. You can keep that, but you probably won't have as deep of a team, right? But if you don't feel confident, one, in your trading ability, that you're going to make a smart trade. And number two, if you don't feel confident that you can consistently get those right players to break out, I completely understand you. But getting a um, so I understand maybe not making that trade if you have the number one overall pick. But there's no reason to ever value a great kicker or a great defense. Because as I mentioned, those great kickers and great defenses can have a tough matchup like uh, that week. And just like that, you're missing out on a really good kicker that you could just cut or a really good defense you could just cut and add on to your team and then cut the next week and keep that, you know, that whole process going. Now, who are some players that I do think could break out that you could maybe draft in the later rounds? Let me start off with my breakout wide receivers. This is not being biased. It's Devin Duvernay. Now, I'm not sure how much, how many receptions Devin Duvernay is going to get because they still do have J.K. Dobbins. I know uh, Gus Edwards has to be out for four weeks now, and he's on, now he's on the pup list. Um, but they still have Mike Davis. I heard they can make a run for Kenyon Drake. Of course, they have Lamar Jackson, a quarterback, who could throw and run the ball. They got Mark Andrews, first-team All-Pro. You know, you got Rashad Bateman in the offense. Right, so they have a lot of talent there. But Devin Duvernay right now is their number two receiver because they're going to put Demarcus Robinson in the slot and then start Bateman, Duvernay, and Prochet, right? Or James Prochet, if you don't know uh, who he is. So Devin Duvernay could be a kind of guy, right? Number two receiving option. Now he's putting. Uh, now he's a first team All Pro player because of his returning receiving wise, two hundred and seventy four yards, um, which is uh, not great, right? Again. 
The reason why he's an all-pro player is because of his returning. Now, I'm not sure how much returning really does matter on fantasy. I'm not sure if it matters at all. If it does, of course, Duvernay is the kind of guy that you want, but he's also a receiver that could break out. Nico Collins, another one of those guys, going to start for Houston. I'm pretty high on Davis Mills. I think he's good. I'm really high on Nico Collins this year. I was really high on Kadarius Toney last season in his rookie year because I I thought Daniel Jones was going to have a good year. I thought the Giants were going to make the playoffs. I know. It's, It's not one of my finest takes. But I thought they were. And I think this could be a year where Kadarius Tony breaks out. Now, I caught him after the first couple of weeks because he was struggling and he was hurt. Then he eventually picked it up towards the end of the year. But we didn't. he didn't really play enough games to really show what he could do as a rookie. right? Or at least because he was kind of inconsistent and he was injured. So we don't really know exactly who he is because we don't know if he was playing injured. And there's still a lot of question marks surrounding him. But this could be a year. Daniel Jones make or break year probably if he wants to get that next contract because they did not use the fifth-year option. So really a breakout uh, breakout possibility year for him, right? And so, you know, he could he could be playing uh, better. And also it's another year of development. Now he's healthy. Kadarius Tony could be a good pick. And K.J. Hamler now in a starting spot for Denver. You could easily see him. Now that he has a better quarterback in Russell Wilson, he's going to get more touches. 384, pretty sure yard receiver. And then he got hurt last year. Um, so, you know, going into year three, getting healthy, better quarterback, that could be a good option. If you look at breakout running backs, these guys are on breakout guys because they haven't shown anything yet. But Damian Pierce, Brees Hall, and James Cook are all really good running back options. I'd love to get him in the rookie rounds, especially Brees Hall and Damian Pierce. Now, I know Pierce has some competition in the running back spot between Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack on Houston, but and Brees Hall doesn't have any competition. But I still think Pierce, he's been playing amazing at training camp, amazing in the preseason. He should be um, at that spot, right? He should be the starter. Bruce Hall will definitely be the starter over Michael Carter. And then James Cook. I'm not eyes high on James Cook. He could break out, depending on if they'll use him more than Singletary and if the running game finally gets to develop. But he could be someone you could take a shot on. Javante Williams, though, is the obvious answer as a breakout running back. 900-yard running back last year. Now definitely going to get more touches than Melvin Gordon. I know they were splitting last year. He's a strong guy, speedy. Right has a lot of potential. He could really break out. And now that the pass game is going to be better, the run game is going to be much more open for him. Expect a 1,000-yard-plus rushing season for him. Rashad Penny, another one of those guys. He's an interesting one because started off last season very slow and then got hot. Was second, I'm pretty sure he had the second most rushing yards down the stretch up there with Jonathan Taylor. And they're like, what's going on with Rashad Penny? Uh, ended up finishing the year around 700 yards. I'm pretty sure like 500, 600 of them came in the second half of the year when he really started to play well. So he's a risky guy. Um, And, you know, the pass game isn't that great, so you're wondering how the run game will translate. But part of that also means he's going to get a lot of touches. So if you have confidence in his ability um, as a running back, then you should probably take him because he's going to get a lot of opportunities to run the ball this year with Drew Locke or Geno Smith at that quarterback spot. And then I look at Chubba Hubbard. Personally, I think Christian McCaffrey uh, could get hurt, right? I'm going to talk about Christian McCaffrey in a little bit, so just stay tuned for that. But I'm pretty sure uh, he could get hurt running back, kind of like that guy who, you know, you know, can step in and really have a starting role. You know, I had 500-something yards last year. Could maybe jump that up to 800, maybe even 1,000 if he can stay healthy. See someone you could take a shot on, especially if he's on waivers and McCaffrey gets injured, pick him up as soon as possible. Now, I'm not, I know a lot of people are high on Julio Jones as Chris Godwin could be out for the first part of the season for the Buccaneers and then also on the fact that he's still Julio Jones, but he has been declining and he's injury prone. I take Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Chris Olave all over Julio Jones, and those are rookies. Those are all really good rookie receivers. I think Williams, 
uh, all of these guys are big vocal points of the offense, especially Chris Olave. If Michael Thomas does get hurt, he'll really be on the same level as those guys. Williams is uh, the number one option uh, in Detroit. Wilson's the number one option in New York. Burks is the number two option in Tennessee. London is the number one option in Atlanta with the suspension of Calvin Ridley. And Chris Olave is probably the number two option if Michael Thomas isn't healthy for the start of the season, right? It would be him and Jarvis Landry. So, you know, those are guys that could break out. I'm personally the highest on Williams. I think he's going to be ranked a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL consensus, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL next season, 1,200-yard receiving kind of guy. But all those guys I'd honestly really like to have over a veteran like Julio Jones. I don't like drafting these injury-prone declining guys who could maybe have one good season. Now, maybe that would be good in just a regular league, not keeper. But in my opinion, also, I'm just trying to think, right? Like, I'd rather have a player that has the highest potential to break out, right? And I know some of you are saying, well, sometimes it doesn't work. And you're right. I know the players I I took to that could break out last year. I took McCole Harmon, me and my dad, because I don't, I don't just want to say all me. My dad did part of this too. We took uh, A.J. Dillon, McCole Harmon, Rondell Moore, LaVisca Chenault, Daryl Henderson. Those were kind of our guys, right? Five of them, right? So Daryl Henderson, A.J. Dillon ended up being good. Harmon was okay. Moore and Chenault didn't develop. But you know what? We got A.J. Dillon off that. And we won one of our more important games of the season when A.J. Dillon went off that one week. That's why later in the drafts, you find those young guys that you can take. Instead of declining guys like Julio Jones, try to stay away. Allen Robinson, try to stay away. Jamison Crowder, especially, try to stay away. Michael Thomas, try to stay away if you hear more, if he is going to be out for an extended period of time. If not, you can still draft him. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're still young guys. They could still go off. But I do have, um, I am a little skeptical of them since Drew Lock or Geno Smith will be their quarterback. Right, so those are guys that you definitely don't want to reach on. Well, you definitely don't want to target that guy. You definitely still want to have other guys in mind. But if they are available in the later rounds of the draft than they are expected to be, then maybe you could take a shot on them and not take one of those younger guys. Even though I would highly recommend to take one of the breakout players that I mentioned. I do want to mention a breakout QB and a breakout tight end. Breakout QB is really tough. I'm going to break out. I'm going to honestly say um, I'm going to do a buy and sell and overrated and underrated. And I'm going to break down a quarterback that I think not could break out, but that could play much better because he's already broke out in his career, right? He's already had amazing, uh, really good seasons. So I don't really have like a great young quarterback option for that spot. But tight end, I'm looking at the Ravens, Isaiah Likely. Nick Boyle is a little injury prone. You don't know if he's going to play as many minutes, even though he's a really, and he's not that big in the receiving game. He's good in the blocking game, really good. One of the best blocking tight ends in the league. But, um, you know, not as much of a receiver kind of guy. They're not, they don't use him as much in the receiving game as compared to a guy like Likely who's been falling out in the preseason. So rookie Isaiah likely, maybe put your eye on him as kind of a backup tight end uh, that you could take a shot on later in, later in the draft. Now, before we do wrap it up, I am going to break down most overrated fantasy player, most underrated fantasy player, a buy and sell, and then a keep, and then a keeper, and, and talk about my keeper fantasy league, what I am going to try to do before the draft comes around. Most overrated fantasy player, in my opinion, is Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has played less than one-third of his possible games he could have played since 2019 and has not produced at the same level or anywhere close to what he did in 2019, right? I'm just looking at it. I'm just, you know, if you if you look at his stats, 2019 he balled out, had a thousand yards receiving and rushing, but hasn't played anywhere close to that caliber and has only played 10 games and for possible 33. 
right. And again, he hasn't been playing at the same caliber. You know, again, you look at Christian McCaffrey and like 442 yards in seven games last year. That's 63 yards a game compared to his almost 87 yards a game in 2019. So he's definitely declining. I don't like he's really high on fantasy boards. He is very risky. I would not take a shot on him. Right, I, if I had the number six overall pick where he's like projected to go anywhere, honestly, in the first round, I'm not taking Christian McCaffrey. I don't care what the scenario is. I ref- I will refuse to take him. Right now, that if you guys are listening to this from the uh, Chase of Sports Fantasy Football League, then maybe that'll be good for you guys. That you know that I'm not going to be taking Christian McCaffrey. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not taking him, and it's not because he's not a talented player, but because he's so injury prone and he's so risky. But I really want to talk about this guy. My most underrated fantasy player is Elijah Mitchell. He was on pace, right? And, you you know, you look at Elijah Mitchell's stats, right? You know, you say, oh, 963 yards, five touchdowns, pretty good as a rookie, right? Now, you know, you, you didn't really look at what, he's project, what he was projected to do because he only played 11 games. Well, for those of you who didn't know, he was on pace to have 1,451 rushing yards last year and eight touchdowns. That would rank as some of the most rushing yards in the entire NFL. Top five in the NFL in rushing yards. That would be as a rookie. That's insane, right? And we also need to remember that he is a second-year running back in a running system because, remember, they have Trey Lance, who has a lot of question marks passing the ball. They're going to be running the football, and they have an amazing offensive line led by Trent Williams. A second-year running back that's going to continue to develop in a running system System that was on pace to have one of the best rushing um, seasons for a rookie running back in history. It would rank 12th all-time in rushing yards for a rookie if he ended up hitting that mark, right? Everyone forgets how good Elijah Mitchell was playing in those games. We're looking at 87 and a half yards a game when Elijah Mitchell was playing, right? Right now, he's ranked like 50 on fantasy boards. Like, how? This guy, if he played all the games, was going to be ranked one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. And, of course, you don't know if he was going to be on pace to exactly do that. You don't know if he was going to continue that dominance. But say he does part of that and he has 1,200 rushing yards. That's still one of the top 10 running backs in the entire NFL. Right? So, Elijah Mitchell, in my opinion, he would probably be my first-round pick in my in my league, um, in my keeper fantasy league. I tried to get him in round three in the Chase Sports Fantasy Football League. Bottom line is I'm really high on him. Real quick, we're gonna do buy sell and then rank down and then break down my keeper fantasy league. I would buy Derek Carr, right? Just had twenty three touchdowns, fourteen interception, four thousand eight hundred and four yards in twenty twenty one. I you know, his value is a little lower, not as great of a fantasy quarterback, but now he's gonna have Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, who just went over a thousand yards last season, and he's going to continue to develop. Adams is gonna make it a huge impact. I could see Derek Carr having thirty seven touchdowns as opposed to like maybe around like that 14, 12 interception mark. Um, and that's a really good fantasy player. Now, I know he's not ranked as like a Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Kyler, and even Jalen Hurts in fantasy because of their diversity to not only pass the ball but run the ball as well. I know he doesn't rank as high as those guys because of his lack of ability to scramble out of the pocket. But if you're putting up such great passing numbers, putting up 5,000 yards, 37 touchdowns, that's a great fantasy player. I'd buy him right now. His stock is low. Um, I am going to keep Lamar Jackson in my fantasy league because I Lamar Jackson is my favorite football player. He's the cover of my keeper fantasy league team. So, of course, I do want to keep him. But in my opinion, I wouldn't value quarterbacks that high because you could see a guy like Derek Carr available later in the draft and boom, just like that. I think you got a really good fantasy quarterback this year. I think he could finish as one of the top seven fantasy quarterbacks this season. Now, I would sell Cooper Cup, And this is actually what I'm going to try to do in real life. 
let's just think about it, right? Had 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, second all-time in receiving yards for a season, 16 touchdowns of 2021, triple crown winner. His value is an all-time high. And it will be really hard for him to replicate that kind of season or get anywhere close to that kind of season. I mean, look at what Calvin Johnson did after um his uh, 1,960-something yard season. I think it was 1,964-yard season, right? After his record-breaking receiving season that year in 2012, his receiving yards were up by nearly 500 yards the next season in 2013. No, none of these players could sustain that kind of dominance. So you got to expect them to either, one, get hurt, or two, just not play at that same caliber. And now Cooper Cup, his value is at an all-time high after the season that he just had. If you could trade him for additional draft picks, his value is only going to go down from here. And it's not because he's a bad player. It's not because he's going to be like a really bad player, like not even like an all-star caliber player anymore, a pro-bowl caliber player. But he could still be an all-pro guy, but he's not going to be at that same level. So sell him while he's at high value. Now, real quick, let me break down my Keeper Fantasy League. I am going to end up keeping. You heard all the names. You can go back and listen to it. Um, I'll just name them real quick. Um, my keeper guys are kind of like Kamara, Mixon, Lamar, Cup, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett. Um, there's some other guys I mentioned, Jalen Hurts. And then um, there's one other guy that I did say, oh, J.K. Dobbins. I picked him up at the end of the year. So those are kind of like my eight guys, right? I'm going to end up keeping Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, and Lamar Jackson. What I'm going to try to do, and I'm going to make the offer soon, I'm going to talk to my assistant general manager, a.k.a. my dad, about offering the trade. I'm going to uh, offer the trade for Cooper Cup for the number one overall pick and the number 24 overall pick um, to the guy that did win the number one overall pick. And then I'm going to try to trade the number one overall pick for the number five overall pick and the number 20 overall pick. So if you include all my trades, I mean, if you include all the picks that I already have and then the picks that I just acquired from the deals, eventually I'm going to look to have Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Lamar Jackson, picks number five, picks picks number five, nine, 15, 20, and 24. Instead of having Cup, Kamara, Mixon, nine, and 15. You're gaining three more draft picks, getting your quarterback intact, an MVP candidate most likely at quarterback as long as he could stay healthy. Just like that, you have a really deep team. You're getting five picks in the first two rounds of a keeper fantasy league, and you're getting three really good fantasy players. That's what I'm going to try to do. If you have a similar roster like that, again, try to sell a guy like Cooper Cup. Try to buy on a guy like Derek Carr if we're thinking about it as the stock market. Try to get Elijah Mitchell, who's low on boards. Don't reach on Christian McCaffrey. Don't reach on veterans like Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Jamison Crowder. Get young guys. Get rookies like Jamison Williams, Brees Hall, Damian Pierce. Get breakout guys like KJ Hamler and Nico Collins. And make sure you stack up on as many draft picks as possible. Maybe do some trades if you have the number one overall pick. Don't value your kickers and defenses and defenses really defenses really high in the drafts. And just like that, you have one of the best fantasy teams. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. It was a longer one. Hope you guys did enjoy. Shout out to uh, my cousin Ethan and um, and his girlfriend Hannah because they did want to see this episode. So I just want to give them a shout out because this episode was made and they're going to be the first people that see this episode. At least I'll send it to them first. Hope they enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys liked it. And of course, as always, I'll see you next time. We out!